This is Live from the Table, the official podcast of New York's world-famous comedy seller coming at you on Sirius XM 99, Raw Dog, and wherever you get your podcasts. Dan Natterman here. I'm a comic. I work the comedy seller, among other clubs. Uh, we're here with Perry Alashenbrand. She is our producer, I guess, our booker. She books the guests. She's producer. I've been doing so much production work the last few weeks. I've been editing. I've been... Whatever. That lovely voice is Mr. Noam Dorman. He's the owner of the world-famous comedy seller. Uh, he uh, it's not like Froggy, right? But it's not COVID. Okay. Um, Noam, uh, well, I was going to ask you about... I, Noam and I just missed each other in Vegas. I was out there, as, you, as, as regular listeners know, I was out there doing a roofing convention and was quite well received by the roofing community. <laughs> I think, uh, I think I have roofing cough. <laughs> pertussis, I think it's pertussis. Uh, Noam went the next week to see Skankfest. I don't know if he has anything to say about Skankfest. And I assume while you were out there, you were, you know, you were uh, checking check on the casino, checking on uh, the Comedy Cellar Vegas room. I don't know. Maybe maybe you weren't, but I assume you were. If so, if you have anything to say about either Skankfest or the Comedy Cellar Vegas, uh, yeah, I, like I was very very impressed with Skankfest. I, I didn't stay. That long at any of the shows, which, but that's just the way I am. But um, it's an incredible achievement that those guys have uh, achieved. Um, big crowds, multiple rooms, huge uh, energy in the air. That's it's a real thing. Now, for for those who don't know, Skank Best. That's there's a group of comics. I guess they call themselves the Legion of Skanks or something. Mm-hmm. I, I don't really know much about it, but uh, these are comics. I guess what they have in common. I guess they're kind of. Uh, they're 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 kind of dirty, I guess. I mean, what 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 characterizes a skank or the skank fest, you know, genre of comedy? If anything, is there a through line? Well, I don't want to get it wrong because if you get it wrong, you could be accused of um, saying something bad about them, which is the, the last thing I'd ever want to do because I'm so impressed with what they've accomplished. But I th- I think it's a Rogany type group. A lot of these guys are on Rogan all the time, mm-hmm. which is. Um, <clears throat> That's that's a that's a wide net. Um, first of all, they uh, they say they're not woke, right? They say a lot of mm-hmm. things that 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 you're not not supposed to say. They're politically kind of libertarian, maybe, maybe, maybe not. I don't know if that applies to all of them, but definitely applies to some of them. Um, and uh, I'd say that the audience is mostly male. At least it was mm-hmm. in Vegas. Um, you know. I don't, I don't Who know. are the main skanks? It's, it's Big J Ogerson, Ari Shafir, I guess. Uh, I don't know. I, I um, Louis Gomez. I think he. I, think uh, I can answer Ari that for you. Oh, okay. Louis Gomez, Ari Shafir. Go ahead, Mike. Who? It's uh, Legion of Skanks. Is our podcast? It's Dave Smith, Louis Gomez, and uh, Big J Ogerson. Dave Smith, by the way, is somebody I, I wanted to have on this podcast. I, I don't know if he has any interest in doing it. Uh, he is a comic that has become sort of a political guy. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, there's a few. Co- Dave Smith, I think, is angry at me. Yeah. Why? <clears throat> because you don't use them. Would you use them? Should you listen, use them? This is the thing. These guys. These guys uh, are, are. I mean, humans. What am I trying to say? Well, say. there are some. There are some people out there who, when we had a chance to book them, mm-hmm. we didn't book them, and we got that wrong in some way or right and the, and it's the reality has changed and and some of them have become very big we talked about Nate Bargatze mm-hmm. a few weeks ago so Dave Smith is somebody that uh, we did look at and for whatever reason 
We didn't book him. A huge miss. Huge, huge, huge well, miss. But, but huge insofar as now he's got a big following, but his following is largely politically based, I uh, think. No, so another huge miss we had was uh, Tim Dillon, mm-hmm. who I did look at one time, and I thought he was good, but we didn't book him. And then he, he just blew up, and, I, and I, fear, I feel like these guys, no matter, no matter what, have a little right. bitterness towards the place, towards me, towards Esty. I don't know. And that's, that's unfortunate because... You know, I'm I'm quite admiring of of all of them. Uh, it's not like you hear these stories about uh, what's the name who used to book the comic strip, uh, Lucian. Lucian, who would not book somebody and tell them what they you'll you'll never make it. You should be a writer, or you you, you know that was never my. Well, he told me I should be a writer, and I think he was onto something. But well, whatever. You but know. so so I understand like. Uh, you know, these things could lead, like Gary, like uh, uh, Mitzi told. Mitzi Short. Mitzi Short told uh, Gary Shandling, eh, performing's not for you. That kind, like that yeah. kind of thing, you know, and that, that will leave a mark. Mm-hmm. But I don't think I've ever been guilty <clears throat> of that. Anytime I've ever looked at somebody but does it, yeah, who, who was, especially somebody with a buzz around him, like Dave Smith or Tim Dillon. Uh, Shane Gillis was another one that we didn't see right away. Australian accent's one of those accents that's funny every single time. You could be in the middle of a fucking tragedy if you heard an Australian accent, you'd still be like, <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? Like, like if there was like an Australian guy in the office on 9-11, it was, it was like, oh fuck, look out! Like, oh no, there's another one, get down! Ah oh, fuck, it's hot up here, gonna have to jump out! No. <laughs> huh? <All right. laughs> yeah. Oh, 9-11 joke. That's an applause break. Bravo. It was never like, I, was, I said, oh, these guys will never make it or whatever. It's just like, well, they didn't have such a good set. We'll take another look at something. But well, they don't point. have a good set. They don't have a good set. I mean, is there anything else you can... Is there any way, you know, can you can you blame yourself for for not using somebody that didn't have a good set? Is there something you should have seen? Some some people ha- get a big following not because they're 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 crushing, but because they're touching a nerve politically. Is that something that you'll factor in in the future when you see a comedy? Yeah, I mean, it's possible that I could see somebody not have a good set, but I would say, but you know, that particular bit was really funny. Let's give them another shot. Whatever. Listen, I don't do that much auditioning. Usually, it's Esty. Mm-hmm. But. Uh, Whatever it is and however it happened, um, I think there are people out there who didn't get booked here. That's still how hold the grudge. And it's still an issue to them. Now, I could be totally wrong. I don't, I don't know if it... But, but does it, have you talked to Esty about this and said, here's what we need to do going forward to prevent this? But I mean, I don't think, it's, I don't think there's any way around it. Some people you're going to not book and they're going to you know, become... Big. I, I just, you're not going to be able to predict 100% of the time. Now, just to be clear, I'm not saying that Tim Dillon has that feeling. As a matter of fact, he and I have had some interaction, mm-hmm. and, and um, it's been very, very pleasant. It's yeah. been nice to me, and, uh, and I'm a huge, huge, huge fan of his, as are a lot of important people now. You know, like, he's, he's really made a name for himself. With Dave Smith, I do remember that he auditioned in front of SD, and, and we didn't book him, and I, you know, I, whatever. But, but um, I, I listen to him now do his uh, interviews like on Reason Magazine and stuff like that. And <clears throat> I'm impressed that he's become something so formidable, you know? 
Well, look, I've I've had uh, I I've only interacted with Dave Smith on Twitter. When I said Twitter's not a good way to well, and I said that uh, you know I talk about people that do their own research, and I said, well, people that do their own research, uh, you know, if they weren't told that the sun that the Earth revolves around the sun, they wouldn't be able to figure it out for themselves, and yet somehow they're able to figure out that global warming is is wrong or that you know various things, and and he quote tweeted me and said, you know, this is the kind of elitist thinking about bashing people that do their own research or whatever, and it got thousands and thousands of responses. I mean, I, I don't know if it did me any good overall, but that was the recent interaction I had with Dave Smith. So, in any What case, do you mean people shouldn't do their own research? Well, I don't mean people shouldn't do their own research. I mean, people what do you can't, mean, Dan? <laughs> can't, people can't do their own research for most things. I mean, you, you know, the example that I cited was, do you know what the speed of light is, for example? My son Manny does. Yeah. Did he do his own research? Did you do your own research? Yes, he could did. You, could you do your own research? Did you replicate them? The Doing <laughs> your own research doesn't mean you have to do the experiment that measures okay, the speed but, of light. Okay, but, but fine. But then why, the people that have done their own research on global warming, wh wh what research have they done? All 90% of the climate scientists say it's real. If, if you, unless you're in Greenland taking ice core samples, you're not doing... Your own research. You're, you're just you're 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 take you're looking at Look, the this, article. This is what I think it is. Dave. That refute you. That refuted and saying no. I agree with that. I mean, it's not legitimate. I would say that most people who are doing their own research mm -hmm. that we know about, the Alex Berenson types, um, they're doing cherry picking. They they're essentially scouring the the internet for things which back them up mm -hmm. or. Yes. Don't really back them up, but they can they can uh, pass off as backing them up. So that that's not to be respected. However, <clears throat> smart people in in the I mean, this is this is an unprecedented time. You actually do have access to the same body of knowledge mm -hmm. that everyone else does. There really is no private, like used to be the doctor. Well, you, you have access to different studies that say different things. Do you have the qualifications Depends to, on what? to discuss, to, to analyze Hold which up. studies are, are valid and which are invalid? So it used to be the doctor would go into the back office and he had those books and he only, and he would come back and tell you, you had this, right? Mm. And you had no way, like, how could you, how could you do it? Now you can Google and say, well, doctor, did you think about the blah, blah, blah? I mean, this happened with my, my wife. The doctor said my son had some sort of, pimple mm -hmm. and Juanita did her own research and she said no I think it's this okay. and she took him back to the doctor the doctor said you're right it is oh, that Jesus Christ. And, and, and they took it out and I had as you know with with COVID many times I was kind of in front of a lot of things that are being said because I was doing research even as early as as respirators I was sending out uh, emails saying these respirators we're never going to run out of respirators because I did the research people on respirators die they, do you remember this? I was like, we're not going to run out of respirators. So, and something about masks and a lot of things I was doing research on. Okay, but most people but aren't I, but I, but you, I, but right? I, but I, most even, people are even, going on like Facebook. But, but, but even Noam's research is based on other people's research. So uh, people that purport to say that the research on global warming is flawed uh, don't have the qualifications to make that determination in, in most, if not all, cases. Dan, the people who are determining... Whether global warming is true or not doing their own research, they're taking the, the temperature data from someone else. But they at least have the expertise to analyze it. Yes, yeah, so, some things you need real expertise. I don't understand climatology, but I don't, but I don't, I can, I can. But, but I neither did 99.99% of the people on the internet denying global warming. And by the way, if they might be right, but if they are right, it's by pure happenstance. Right, but I think I can look at certain studies about 
the efficacy of masks or drugs or yeah. vaccines and then ask a few friends I know to double check my work. Okay, you know, and, I, I, you know. I, I think I, I think, yeah, there's certain things you can do your own research. Uh, but generally speaking, I think they're the cherry picking is 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 what's going on. Uh, Mark, Yosef, how do you do? You uh, speak into the mic, the please. Close to the please mic. The, Mark is a uh, comedian, and he's gonna uh, open a comedy club, right? Well, yes. You know, you know, you need to be in the microphone, right? I don't know if you're on or off or what. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's a comedian and attorney. Yeah. Which is oh, you're an attorney. Which is so am I, sort of. So I am mean, I. I never practice. Well, you're not a comedian, but you are an attorney. <laughs> uh, I have a law degree. Noam has a law degree. You have a law degree. So the law degree outnumbers the, the JDs outnumber the non-JDs in the room three to two. Um, but we invited you because you are embarking, at least from what I read on the internet, maybe it's not accurate. You're op- you're reopening Dangerfields. Is we're that correct? Yeah, we're reopening Dangerfields. Um, slated probably early 2024. It, so it, we applied for the liquor license. We signed the lease. All that good stuff. Who's we? Me and uh, Silent Partners. Israelis, I'm sure. <laughs> You're not far off on that. <laughs> uh, so, so as, con- as construction began, Dangerfield's just to review is a comedy club on what is it, 60th and First? It's on 61st and First, 1118 First Avenue. Yep. Uh, it was owned by Rodney Dangerfield. I guess when he died, it passed to uh, was it Tony Bavacqua? Tony Bavacqua. Um, it's it was a mainstay for a long time, and then during COVID, for whatever reason, it went under. Um. But it was, uh, it, it was uh, uh, you know, a uh, well-known yeah. club for a long time. I never worked there. But I worked there a few times, not very often. Are, are you, as the construction began? Not yet, but uh, soon. What are you doing? It's a beautiful place. Why would you change it? Well, I mean, it, it looks great if it was 1969. That's what makes it awesome. They haven't... Uh, Dude, don't it, make, you're making a huge mistake. The furniture needs to be changed. I don't know, I don't know about the furniture. If, if you change that vibe in that room, you are, you are going to make it... You're, so much less likely to succeed. That place is special. Okay. So you're saying keep the the deck, the old strip club look. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah but no. If I was so, so, whenever I would go in there, I was so jealous. I was like, this is the only other club that actually has a vibe. They're doing everything else wrong. <laughs> everything else was wrong in that place. But that was like walking into a movies, a movie set. It was awesome. He's he's right. Well, and he's saving you a lot. I don't of know money. if he's right or wrong, but but it's uh, but it's. Do you know how hard it is? Yeah, to stumble on an atmosphere in a club that that really is memorable and notable is not generic. Well, that's an interesting point. I mean, we're I mean, I'll maybe give you, you could refreshing it up a bit. Or it, we're not. I, get, or we're not I could be renovated. fucking with you. <laughs> <laughs> I have to think you're an owner. No, but right? Noam is so confident in the in the uh, success of the comedy seller that he he can dispense advice to you without feeling threatened. Yeah, I, I, so maybe maybe I, I, you should just, take advantage. It's of not that. that. It's just I don't like, think he feels threatened at all. But yeah, I, 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 we're actually not gut renovating it, so it's we're keeping some of the aesthetics. I want it to have a vibe. You're backpedaling already. <laughs> we're, it, it's it's not a full gut renovation, but you know we're keeping some of the vibes, but some of the stuff. I mean, the carpet, you know, the stains, and so, you know, you got to get rid of okay. it. So let me give an example. Min- Minetta Tavern, where I'm going to eat dinner this evening. Oh, really? Am I invited? <clears throat> See how this interview goes. Okay. So. Um, uh, uh, Keith McNally, the famous restaurateur, he, he, a lot, he took that place and he didn't do what everyone else would have done, which was renovate and blah, blah, blah. He took that place and he refurbished it so that it looks almost exactly like it would have looked if you walked into it in the 1940s. And it's magical and it's totally unique. 
And he, he did it exactly right. And Dangerfield has one of these classic magical atmospheres. There's not, there's not another place that looks like that. Maybe in old Vegas. Like, it doesn't exist anymore. It's the last of its kind. Well, that, that is true. Whether or not that's, you know, helpful for the business, I don't know. Of course it uh, is. But what about the Dangerfield's name? I guess you don't own that, so you can't use I'm assuming. I don't. Uh, I reached out. Shlomo's is good. <laughs> I reached out to the owners, and uh, or, or maybe owner, I'm not sure. And uh, they, what they wanted was not something. I don't think they, budget. I don't, uh, how do they uh, have the right to, to keep it? So it, You're I mean, it's, it's owned by Rodney Dangerfield, Inc. So whoever. What is the trademark? Yeah. Okay. So whoever, uh, and, you know, there's a couple of issues. You know, you guys are lawyers, so like. The trademark would be abandoned after three years. How about Fields of Danger? <laughs> I, I got an I got a request for Banger Fields. Yep. I don't know about that, but yeah, I, wait, wait, this is interesting. So you ask them, and there's what what happens after three years? Well, after three years, so the, their trademark is to use it in a club setting. So if it's not being used after three years, they're effectively it's abandoned. abandoned. Yeah. Okay. Then you can use it, but they can still sue you. And then you get into the all types of litigation. But they effectively have to use it within three years. His is probably expiring by October because that would be three years since when they closed. But at the same time, Ron Dangerfield's wife is still alive. What about she might have some? Is she nice? She is very nice. Actually. Okay. Extremely nice. Nobody's that nice. But, but, but you should probably use it because what about how can the it be damaged? What about the fact that if you use it? And yes, I do have a law degree, but uh, that was a long time ago. Uh, that people will assume that the uh, at least the estate of Roddy Dangerfield is associated with the club, isn't it? Under common law or whatever, that have some bearing right. on this. Uh, well, he might uh, the owner of whoever the owner of the trademark would probably present a problem. Rodney's family, whoever that is, would reach out and be like, "You're using this name, which is easily identifiable." With the place as it was before, I'm not sure if his wife has part had part ownership of the club. I mean, the last time I made love to my wife, it was ridiculous. <laughs> Nothing was happening. I looked at her. I saw what's the matter. Can't you think of anyone either? <laughs> so there's just a bunch of issues that I really wouldn't want. I mean, you could name it Seinfeld's, you know, but you can't do that either. Right. I wouldn't want to so, run in these issues anyway. Starting a right. I mean, no. I mean, you can't just name a club after an identifiable name just because they're not using it, I don't think. Well, I don't have a law degree. Yeah, you probably can. No, you can't make money off of somebody else's likeness, and I don't have a law degree, and I know that. Uh, yeah, but the name can be generic. Now, now, uh, I mean, I, these, you know what? These, these, are, the, these are tough cases that what? judges uh, really ponder, but he's right for sure that you can't, you can't just control a name not use it and prevent other people from using it. You can't do that. The law doesn't allow that. So you have to use it or have the uh, provable intention to use it. These are the things I remember. But if, if, if you actually have abandoned the name, then you've abandoned the name and someone else can use it. Now, now, that, now it gets trickier when it was Dangerfield's in that club, whatever it is. But the name Seinfeld, I mean, there's a million people named Seinfeld in the country. No, but... No, there are a million people named Seinfeld, but if, if you were opening like a coffee shop named Seinfeld, it would be different than if you're opening a comedy. Well, they would, they would, have, to, they would have to say that, well, listen, you're, you're pretending that Jerry Seinfeld owns you. I'm not pretending that Jerry... I don't know. I don't I, know. I'd have to look into that, to be honest with you. I mean, unless, Mark, you have a definitive answer. I mean, Jerry Seinfeld will definitely sue you if you open a club called Seinfeld's, and it's will a comedy he, Will club. he win? Yes. Probably, yes. You're, based you're, on what, based I mean, on what law? Is, he's identifiable with stand-up comedy. That name is his last name. Well, You're clearly confusing customers in that they're thinking they're going to Jerry Seinfeld's comedy club. But that doesn't damage him. What kind of a lawyer are you? Divorce. Uh, 
<laughs> I've done divorce, but I just do general litigation. Well, I'm, I'm going to look into that for next week. It's a good thing to look into. Um, anyhow, so I but like so so if you're not using, I love the that reply. I, I don't uh, believe anything you're saying. So I'm gonna. <laughs> we'll come back next week with my answers. <laughs> um, wh- so what will you be calling the club? We have a few ideas. Um, we're sort of batting it around, taking some surveys from the. What are the choices? Location. A little bit bananas. I try. I tried a couple of names that were just completely. Unrelated, but they they hated it. Like what? Like uh, who's like one they? Was, one, like they were his silent partners. They're I, silent. The Sil- Israelis. No, also the Upper East area. There's like groups you could talk to people that live in the Upper East Side and okay. get their feedback, like Facebook groups and stuff like that. So I'm like, how about we call it like something unrelated, like the Miracle? They're like, no, that's a terrible name. And I was like, okay, how about Thin Ice? They're like, this is awful. Every name I gave was like terrible, and they came. <laughs> they yeah, funny. Those aren't very good. The funny thing was they came back with their own ideas, and they were a hundred times worse. Like, how about like the Chortle Junction? Okay, or no. I was like, what? What? Why would I do that? <laughs> I, I would. How have, about the funny thing is? <laughs> I, I would avoid any names. That's good. I like that. I, I wouldn't. Vo- I would avoid any names that that are like cutesy. Like we, we hated Comedy Cellar, actually. Did you? Oh. Was it, did your dad? Who came up with that? Bill Grunfuss. Okay. Oh. And my father thought it was awful. Why? It's fine. It, well, now it seems fine. Now it's, it's, you know, it's renowned and revered, but at the time it just seemed like such a lazy name. What would your dad think of what you're calling the theater? What would my dad think? Well, he's what? calling the theater the new comedy club. He's uh, he's opening up a new club at the McDonald's on 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 Sixth Ave. He's calling it the, the, the Menachem. And, and, and if you're not going to use that Dangerfield, <laughs> club, I'm, 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 he's ahead. calling it the Menachem Dorman Comedy Cellar, a comedy theater. Which okay, but I will ask you guys a question. Wait, answer my question. What's your question? What would your dad think about what you're calling the he, theater, the Menachem Dorman Comedy Theater? Oh, he would love that. He oh, would that's love amazing. It. Of course, he would love that. So, especially being dead, he would love that. Meaning that. He would love the idea that after he died, I did that. Oh. So, um, you know, we have that neon sign, Fat Life yeah, Biscuit, the big, the big I long. Love that. Well, I want, I want to change it. Well, don't change it. Just add another one. I'm not allowed to just add another one. Oh We're, God. This, because the, the city has a lot of rules. So, but I was thinking the Fat Life Pussycat, although we have comedy there, <clears throat> we're not really, you know, it's really just a, a, a bar that has comedy cellar shows. But the whole. Uh, threshold and beyond of Third Street and Sixth Avenue into down Third Street around McDougal Street and uh, onto Bleecker become like the comedy. It's become like the comedy district, right? Sorry, Dan, I don't mean to interrupt you. No, I'm become trying like to Google the di- trademark shit. I'm not doing something irrelevant here. He's doing his own research. I'm doing. <laughs> well, he, I am qualified to do that. Yeah, so I'm sorry. I'm, I'm you want to go to the NYU Library across? The, you're doing legal research now. Well, I, wouldn't it be great if I was able to come up with a definitive answer for No, that? nobody cares. Uh, well, I don't think that's true. <laughs> that's okay, a good name go on to the Comedy District. Um, I lost my track. I forget. No, no, no. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to talk about anybody. Talk about something else. I'm done. No, no. Because I'm... Like, you don't oh. fucking go off in your own world and Google shit during the podcast. You do it all the fucking time. All the time you do it. So why, why are you being so pissy? Please, please continue. If you if you don't wish for me to do Google something 100% relevant to the conversation, I won't do it. Let me take a uh, book. Uh, let me take a page out of my wife's playbook. You you do this, by the way. I've seen you do it. I've seen you go online and try to find stuff. I've seen you do it. So you do it. So what what page? So so I'm sorry if it's upsetting to you. I do apologize. I will defer to you. Please continue your line of questioning about about the sign. Yes, no, I'm, I, I'm not sure why. <laughs> All, right. All right, so I was trying, I was thinking that maybe we... I'm putting my phone <laughs> back in my pocket. 
maybe we should repurpose that sign and put something else up there. Either it could say, you know, comedy soul or whatever it is, but maybe I could make it bigger and put something to indicate that this has this is like the Greenwich Village comedy district or something like that because it really is like the entrance to mm-hmm. the the area there. And um, it, it can't say why not the Greenwich Village comedy it's too many words. So I was saying what could the fat black put it's like that's as, about as many letters as you can get that like you know okay. I think the comedy seller no well, well okay but that wouldn't be isn't that like all encompassing isn't the seller like all encompassing well I was trying to go bigger and, and indicate that it is, it, it's the entire because there's a lot of comedy clubs here now Right. Well, there, there's, there's, there's the, 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 there's, so the Greenwich, there's the Greenwich Village Comedy, okay, there's okay, the, yeah. Bleaker Street, okay. there's, there's all kinds of stuff going on. It's comedy, yeah. comedy, the comedy, comedy. Di- call it comedy, the comedy quarter, like French quarter, maybe comedy with, quarter. with, with, That's with not a, bad. with a, you know, maybe even a New Orleans theme. I don't know, like the French. Maybe quarter. even in French. <laughs> maybe you should Google something. <laughs> <laughs> maybe you should do the. What trademark. page were you taking out of Juanita's handbook? <laughs> No, I wasn't taking any names. I was taking the ad, like just not just not answering, like oh. not talking. Oh, okay, that's anyway. why he wasn't talking. So okay. now let me ask you this question: What makes you think there's money in comedy? He's like all of you guys. are Caroline's just went money. broke. Other places are constantly on Groupon. Have you checked Groupon? Every club is, is giving out cover charges on Groupon. Um, there's two for one night. There's 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 if you go to if you go to other clubs during the week there. Third full half. Yeah, but they don't have they don't have a vibe. Shows are canceled at the last minute. What makes you think that the market now is uh, demanding another comedy club? And this is can't be cheap rent or a cheap project. You're talking a million dollars just to get open. Yes, I, I I dislike that tickets are available on Groupon. I highly dislike that. So we won't be using Groupon. Right, but uh, what does it tell you that but, other people are? Yeah, it means that they're struggling or they need more ticket sales. Um, I'm not saying that there's a huge demand for it in that area. I just, I view the Danger Fields as something different. It's like, it's an iconic club. But you're changing a name. Resurrected. Resurrection. No. <laughs> yes. No. That's a good name. But we're, we're, Afterlife. We might keep it something, you know, maybe Rodney's club. Afterfields? Like, Afterfields. Something that has a touch, like Rodney's maybe. I don't know. But like, there'll be something related to, to, the, to what was there beforehand. There'll be like, you know, a wall of like. No respect. <laughs> That's definitely trademarked. But maybe respect. I don't know. No respect can't be trademarked as the name of a club. The 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 words are trademarked. I'm I don't sure, get. By I the don't way. get no respect. It does not. No but respect. so so the reason why I'm bringing it back, I do think there's money in comedy. The R E S P E C T. Not bad. Yeah. I do think I do think there is money in comedy. I, I was formerly a partner. I think Dan knows at that, the, stri- at the comic, comic strip. strip. Yeah. Um, we won't get into all the grisly details there for a couple years. Or maybe we they're will. They're struggling, <laughs> right? They're they're still profitable. What define profitable? More money than losses. Yeah, but that doesn't like. What does that mean? Like, but 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 he it's a labor. It's, it's, it's a flow. You know that Mark. It's a labor of love. He's right. also does stand up. The other issue is I'm a stand up comedian, so this is what I do. What I know. So oh, like, you want to work there? This, this is a James no. Al- James Altuch or uh, no no uh, no. It's not it's not a venue where I'm gonna get on every show and do that. I mean, just some they, shows. I, well, I, I don't know about that, but the the point of the point of labor of love. I mean, and you didn't f- think this through. <laughs> Listen, here's the thing. Will I will I will I perform at my club sometimes? Yes, I'm yeah. sure. So you but know that's not that the reason why you I'm know talking. that when you pro- unless you are Eddie Murphy, and even then, when you get up on that stage, 
The other comedians are going to drag you through the mud. They're going to roll their eyes at you. Not, not me. You're going to, not Dan, as long as you pay him. They're going to lose <laughs> respect for you. They're going to make fun of you behind their, their back. This is a, 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 a it's, 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 you're asking for a lot. I mean, who could, uh, my, my take would be like, I don't care. Uh, okay, that's good. Comedies, I mean, comedians didn't respect me like before I owned the club. Like, I mean, there, there's, there's just a, there's a thing, there, there's a thing amongst comedians. I mean, everybody thinks they're amazing. You don't right? get no respect. It's true. L- look, that should be my new, it's my new tag. <laughs> look, I mean, people, that is true. Like people say, oh, he owns the club. That's the only reason he gets on. Yeah. Okay. So what? I, yeah. I he, mean, he's the opening a venue that leads to more work for com- comics. If if the if he it's his club he can put himself on now maybe of course I'll, he can I'm know, not, I'm yeah, not. other comics might they might do what Noam is suggesting and and make fun of you but so what yeah I mean I've I've been performing for ten years so it's not like I like I opened the club specifically to start trying stand up I'm not gonna I'm not looking to perform on you know every day or whatever maybe like a say a Tuesday they they need a host somebody backs out or something all right I'll fill in or something it's not I'm not gonna be That's there. Not. On the lineup every day, I, I have what, no interest in. What is the capacity of that room? The room could seat two hundred. That's great. Yeah, it's big. And, and uh, the bar area is about forty. So, would you be happy just breaking even, but being able to be in this industry? For now, yeah. For I mean, the first I, I don't expect profit the first year or so. So, um, why are you doing that? <laughs> I'm for, getting for those somebody's shaking their head here is in, in disapproval. Uh, not disapproval. I'm, I'm I'm like you're gonna you're gonna. I just hope you know what you're doing. What you're, what you're describing is, I mean, you know, a business that goes under <clears throat> can be disastrous for someone's life. And you won't just lose the million dollars because nobody ever just loses the, the, the cost of the construction. You're going to lose $3 million before you have the, before you throw in the towel, because at first, no, it's going to turn around and this, and we, and then you can't just back out. We spend a million dollars, and you, and people tell you it's, it's the, it's the weather, it's the this, it's the season. People no. haven't got back from COVID. They're having mm-hmm. a million different rationales why it's not good, and it's, you know, it's a, it's a classic thing. A gambler doesn't walk away from the table because he doesn't want to realize his losses. As long as you're still in the game, you think you're going to make it back. Well, that's why I'm still doing comedy. And then, so most businesses finally shut their doors when the owners are out of money. They've borrowed money. they borrowed money for their family. They're, they're down to nothing. They're in a terrible, terrible situation. And, and then they throw in the towel. Well, but, but no, we don't know what his situation is. It could be that he's a very small stakeholder and the silent partners are 90%. I don't know what his situation is. It might be... So a, you what's know. your advice? Yeah, his advice is don't do it. Don't. 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 I mean, I've, I've, it's not... Uh, well, I'll tell you my advice. It's not 100% or is it's it... It's not a unique... Uh, take on it. I've been told by many people in the comedy industry, like, "You're what are you doing opening a club? Are you insane? I, so, I, I will tell you my advice, but it's too late. Don't do it. My advice is, so when I opened up the Fat Black Pussycat, this is not that long ago. I mean, it was 1990, uh, 1999, which seems like a long time ago Wait, to some people. But it, oh, that was when it was... It, it, was, in a, it, it was a bar at that it time. It was a bar. Yeah. Okay. And I... <clears throat> oh, I won't go through the whole long story, but in the end... There was like a year left on the bar, so I, I was going to buy it for, it went to 80, then 40, with a whole bunch of breaks for $20,000. $20,000, this place is huge. And then... But that's not the rent, that's just the name and the... I bought the, bought the lease and everything, $20,000. And with that, the landlord was going to give me a new lease. And I showed up, 
And uh, I didn't have $20,000. I only had $10,000. I thought I could borrow $10,000 from my father, and he didn't give it to me. So um, I showed up. I said, listen, I'm I supposed to have 20 I only have 10 I'll pay you off the other 10 over a year if you'll take it. If you can't, you can. I understand. So they, it was Robert De Niro's mother who was a, an amazing person. And she and, she and I hit it off, and she, she read me correctly. I wasn't bullshitting. And she decided to take a risk on me. It's most, mo, one of the most important things that ever happened to me. But anyway, point is that from that $10,000, I started small. And with money coming in, I expanded and expanded and expanded. And three, four years later, I had uh, 6,000 square feet upstairs and downstairs. I took a partner, my partner George, to, to build the basement. I never really risked a lot of money. The point is that starting small, unless you're very wealthy, starting small is is what I would suggest. There are always places out there where somebody is going broke, where you can get into a place which is already built. You don't have to renovate it. They have a liquor license. You get in and, and you open it up for, let's say, 150000 That was the comic strip. <laughs> that's yeah. how I got in yeah. there. Yeah, well, that, that's what you do. Now, I have all this business and I'm prepared to spend a million dollars you know, to open a, a room. And even with all that business, I'm shitting bricks about it. But I actually have on paper the stats for, to say, no, this is a no-brainer. You're turning away X number of people. You're gonna, you know, that's what it is. But if you're going to start from zero and think that you're going to be able to turn this thing around in a year while at the same time taking on huge monthly expenses, from day one, you go more and more and more and more into debt. You're going to, I mean, you could be a genius and then I sound like a schmuck, but chances are you're really, really um, putting yourself in a position where it's likely you're going to hurt yourself. Likely you're going to hurt yourself as opposed to putting $150,000 into the comic strip, which is a going concern, has income on day one. You might lose a little, might make some, whatever it is, but you can take that existing action Improve well, it and no, build it up. I would, no, I would have lost more there, but you're, you're no longer <laughs> a part. Is there a story there that something you well, share, don't want to share? But you mentioned grizzly details. What grizzly details? I don't know. You're you no know? longer affiliated with the comic strip. So no. I would, is yeah. that is there a story there that you wish to share or don't well, wish? Did to they share? throw you out or you or you left? I, it was both, like a breakup. I would say both. Was I it mean, it's personal issues or financial issues? Financial issues. Yeah. That become <laughs> personal. That's the way it is. When oh, of course. I mean, look. If, if you're a minority partner. Anywhere, uh, you get you, with somebody that you're not. You look you, white to me. <laughs> I'm Jewish though, minority. Oh, okay, yeah. All right, but if you're if you're a minority partner with anybody that you're not close enough, you know, even family could be a problem. But you don't get much to say, and you don't really control the books and stuff. So there's always going to be some issues, and you know, so that part was like a little of a falling out. And uh, you know, look, I was happy to save the club. The club's still alive, right? If they didn't get that influx of cash, they, it would have gone under during COVID. Um, it was closed for a month. They needed somebody to buy out the other partner. Why did they need cash during COVID? They, so there was a, a lawsuit that was going on for years. Bob Wax was one of the original partners. He died in 2013. His wife then would have become, according to the contract, she would be the remaining 50% holder with Richie Tinkin. She sued years later, saying she never got anything. The club hasn't contacted her. She never got any money, etc. That lawsuit went on from 2017 till somewhere around COVID, and it hit the fact where they were going to go to trial and the judge is going to be like, you, you guys are going to... She's 50% owner. So when you're 50% owner in, in a corporation, 
uh, either you guys can come to a resolution or she has the power to shut down your, your, your business. So she wanted to shut it down because they weren't reaching a settlement. So they needed money to buy her out. So, so I, still I still don't understand how you ended up parting company. We, we, we ran into disagreements. On the place is still open. Still open. And they bought you out? Yes. All right. And they make money there. Uh, when I left, they were they were profitable. They probably still are, unless I don't know. You've, well, I don't have know. Have you performed I, I, there? I, I don't go know. I go there regularly, and it's okay. Uh, you know, I don't know what their books are. They, they, and I wouldn't have thought. Look, I would have thought the same thing. They pay a ton of money in rent. Expenses are high, but they charge a lot for drinks there. I know. Uh, yeah, but at that in that area, it's not that wild. Fifteen bucks for a drink. So uh, who, who's going to? We need to raise our prices. Um, do you know who's going to be your booker? That's a thankless job. We're running through. He's going to be the booker. No, you're not. No, I'm not going to get him. Why are you going to pay that? another salary when you already don't have money? I, I that is not a fun job. I, I do not Dude, want. Of course, you need. To, you need at the beginning. If you think you know what you're, were you the booker hold when on, you hold started? Let's say something. I'm talking to you like like a, like a, some old arrogant guy. Believe me, I don't. That's not actually the way I view things. Like, I don't think because I own the comedy cellar, I know better than you. I really don't. Like, there's, I really don't. Um, but well, you definitely do about running a business, no, for sure. Well, may, yes, maybe, yes, maybe no. But I'm saying that's not, that's not my approach here. I'm just telling you strongly how I feel about what's smart about these things. When you're opening a business, if you believe in yourself that you have the insight and the um, unique spin on something that you can be successful in business, then it implies that you ought to want to control every aspect of that business because any schmuck can hire a booker and they all go broke. And the booking is the most important thing in your club. It's everything. If you're going to spend all that money and then put the most important function in the hands of somebody else... It, to me, it, it, it undermines the notion that you should be doing this. You should be opening it because you know how to book. Like if you're, it's like if you're going to, if you're going to open a, if you spend millions of dollars on a restaurant, either you're a chef or you know someone who is a fantastic fucking chef. But if they all just hire a chef, like, whoa, 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 you, you, this is everything. The quality of the food is everything here. How can you leave that for, for somebody else unless, again, unless you have somebody in mind? Like, I'm going to hire, uh, well, I don't well, know, Caroline Hirsch as my booker. It, you know, so. it could be known that he's going to do the booking, but he wants to have a figurehead so that he doesn't get all the fucking flack when angry comics are like, why the fuck am I, am well, I not? It could be, but he didn't say that. Well, maybe he wants to keep that a secret. I, I, <laughs> you know. So, like, certain things, okay, if, if I have certain names that I want to put in, I will. Like, the guys at the stand hate them or love them, that's what they did. They opened the club and they control the booking, you know, and, and they really book in the image of what they thought a, a club should be. And they've had some success there. Well, I mean, I will have veto power. And also, if I if, I, if there's an act, like I have a lot of connections in the comedy world. If there's an act that I want to bring in, like a, a, a big name that I want to bring in on the weekend to supplant anybody, of course I'm going to take I guess what Noam is saying that. is if you're paying a booker, I don't know, what, what is it, about 80000 100, whatever that salary is, uh, first of all, I might be interested in the job, um, if that's what it pays. Um, <laughs> Just make a... <laughs> Dan will but, be a good booker. But, but, you but, like nerdy but, Jewish comics? 
But 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 why wouldn't you want to save that money and do it yourself? Unless you're so busy with your legal practice that you just that's it's, another it, matter. It, it's too. more profitable for you to do law than to book. Then okay. That's the other thing. I'm I'm going to continue working as a lawyer during the day. We'll come to the club at night. So it's going to be a lot of sleepless or like less sleep nights uh, for the first year or so. I'm not going to leave my day job. Um, Due to divorce? <laughs> Due to divorce? I have done divorces. <laughs> Your Honor, take his wife, please. <laughs> you, um, do you have a philosophy? I mean, no one was talking about, uh, I think he mentioned a philosophy of booking. If there is such a thing, the, the comedy seller's philosophy of booking is, is the audience laughing? Okay, book them. Uh, the Stan's philosophy, I think, is slightly different. I think they have a vision of who they think is are good comics, and you know, and and they're slightly toward the. They used to call themselves cringe humor. That was their website before they opened the club. So, so they like an edgier comic. Comics they think are subversive and or sort of in line with Skankfest. I think that's that's kind of their vibe. Probably, yeah. you know. So the the Stan had a presence at Skankfest, by the way. There was a sign. Yeah, I, I think oh. that that that. You know, that's their kind of taste. Um, whereas the comedy seller, I don't think you have a particular have type of comedy. You don't have anything. <laughs> no, is a guy killing? Okay, fine. Put him on the schedule. Uh, where do you fall in that? In that, uh, well, I mean, they have to do well. I'm not going to... No, but do you have like a philosophy like, oh, there's these comics I love and I want to book them. And I don't give a shit if the audience is laughing or not. I, I want to cultivate and curate... We My vision of what's great comedy. We want to cultivate and curate some newer talent. I've seen in a lot of clubs are they they book the same. Like yeah, I would City like to and, do that too. By the way, right, right, right. It's not the easiest thing, but a lot of clubs are just booking the same. But there's no. You money. see the same twenty people going around New York City forming at all these clubs. Okay, so. but here's the thing: the audience doesn't want to pay for that. Like we we used to do that in the old days, late at night. I'm looking for hours to do it now, but it's that's that's like the farm team. That's not a business model. You you need to bring people in paying twenty five dollar cover charge. They don't, they're not going to pay that twice for new undeveloped talent. Well, not undeveloped, but new talent that people that the clubs don't know about yet. You know, mm -hmm. so like hidden gems, you might say. And gem, the, plenty of independent shows that are going on, and people that are not being seen. Independent shows, they the the acts take the money. Yeah, but they still want to perform at a club. Yeah, but how are you going to make money? You need to you need to collect the cover charge. You can't give the cover charge away to the acts. I'm not following. I'm, I'm uh, I, when you the, when you book an independent show. Oh, no, they, they not, want to take the door. I'm not booking independent oh, show. Okay. I'm saying I'm saying independent shows where you find the acts. Yeah. I see. I'm bring them to the club. Okay. That's what I mean. But yeah, I mean, look. Uh, look, I mean, there is a market for like you know, I guess for. Uh, comedy aficionados, however many of those exist, that want to discover new people, you know, I don't know. I'm shaking his head no. But I, I used to sell tickets in Times Square, and I had lineups from every club. People that are walking around don't know who anybody is at any club. So unless you have, you know, Roseanne Bard or Andrew Dice Clay or somebody who's been, like, nationally renowned, yeah, people don't know who... Unless you have someone who was famous in the 90s. Yeah. Or whatever. I mean, <laughs> somebody relevant to... Louis C.K. All right. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, people don't know. I, I was in Times Square. I'm like, guys, they have Dave Attell tonight. People are like, what, who? Okay, but I, by the way, D Dice is still. But, but when but you fun. go to the club, you want the show to be killer. You want people to laugh. Right. And that's, you great. know, so, so how do you affect the comedy seller's philosophy is book who they think are the best. You might dispute their taste. Um, hey, listen, I like. But, but that's their philosophy. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I agree with that, but I also want to stay, you know. 
there, you guys do also a balance balancing act too because you don't want to book somebody that kills but is also a hack comic because hack comics do really well too so I'm sure you guys do a little. Uh, no, no one might <laughs> dispute that. Uh, no, no, no. I mean, <laughs> I I don't like hacks. There are there are people like, for instance, Sean Patton comes to mind, who I who I you know took to <coughs> a long time ago because I thought they had a, a, a lot of promise before when they were green. You know, I'm, none of this is 100. percent But you know, look, I could be wrong here but i think that if you just put together great shows that people will come and you have a good vibe and i do agree that you shouldn't wreck the inside of that place because that magic is still there here, here's the and now maybe noam doesn't want me to give away trade secret but i hardly think this is something that you couldn't have figured out you know um in order to get the best comics that you can get you need to make it a place that comics want to hang out at now, of course, here at the Comedy Cellar, you have the Olive Tree Cafe upstairs, so it's a cool hang. Yes. Um, Don't tell them about the hookers. <laughs> I've eaten at the Olive Tree. Uh, uh, um, so, you know, that that's important, I think. How are you going to make comics want to come to, you know, the stand has a nice restaurant. The stand also, by the way, employs very attractive <laughs> men and women uh, to, to, to work there. Um, is that part of the selling? Part? I don't know. That's pr- I mean, I, I, you know, like I, I don't work there, but I've uh, Kyle Dunnigan's a friend of mine, and he works there, so I go over there to sometimes just to hang out. But it, it's a, it certainly doesn't, it doesn't make it unpleasant. Yeah, I, I you know, the uh, other, the other thing that's good practice because I do produce um, shows around the city, and there are comics that will only do my shows at these clubs because they know they're getting paid. So paying the comics is also... Well, obviously he's going to pay the comics. No, but there are clubs that like you can go and perform and they don't fucking so pay that, you. So that's, that's another reason why I jumped in, sort of. like I feel like I, I come in with a, a comedian-friendly perspective since I've been a comic for 10 years. I know the struggle of not getting paid, being treated like, you know, uh, like a servant to most of these c- clubs, bars, whatever it is. So I, my, the purpose of the club, it's I'm going like to being a lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> the purpose of the club was going in, making it comedian friendly. So we're actually doing a green room for comics uh, where it's going to be like a mini danger fields. We're taking all the parts of the furniture that were in the main room originally. We're going to put that in the green room, you know, just make comedian friendly, like food, drinks, etc., whatever they want, maybe games downstairs too. Um, and yeah, we're going to have a, we have a kitchen. Food's going to be, you know, comics can get, Comics basically can run the show if they want. Like, if they want food, if they want to hang out in the green room, whatever they want, you know. Uh, I want it to be a place where comics feel completely invited to come and hang, as opposed to, you know, a lot of the clubs that are, you know. I feel like being an owner that's also a comedian um, makes me more sympathetic and empathetic with the comedian's struggle. So it's going to be comedian-centric focus. But, of course, we want to be profitable as well. Noam? I, I see a look of uh, of skepticism. I have heard this before when comics opened years ago. You remember comics on Fourteenth Street? They, they lost like eleven million dollars. Oh. You know, but they went in hard and heavy, and like this is going to be the most beautiful club, and the comics we're going to have a great food, and the comics are going to love to hang out here. And we did, by the way, enjoy hanging out there. I'm but not going to say it's beautiful. But they, they put so much money into it, and and at the beginning, we're so comic friendly that you know uh, they couldn't sustain it. Um, so you're saying don't be that comic. Well, good. I'm saying maybe half off on the food. Be awful to the comedians. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, look, no, maybe a half off instead of a full comp. What on the do food. comedians want more than anything else? 
Stage time. No, that's respect. Second. No, money. No. Tell him, Dan. Do you know? Exposure. <coughs> uh, gigs. Hot chicks. Audience. Oh, I thought you were gonna say cocaine for a second. <laughs> more than free drinks. More than food, which is very nice. More, more than the hang, which is also very important. They want a packed house. What that that goes without? I mean, if we don't pack the house, we're we're doomed anyways. Right, but. How are you going to pack the house? It's the same. I mean, it's the same struggle that every club has how to fill up the seats. So you get a no, great marketing team, advertising Don't be team. too much of a Cassandra because this club is in my neighborhood and, and it would be <laughs> uh, very convenient for me uh, to, to go down there. So I would like to see it open. You know, even if I could only get, you know, a couple years out of it. Who's Cassandra? Well, are you saying that even if I'm even if what I'm telling him is true? <laughs> I'm yeah. And actually saves him, you know, uh, some horrible outcome. Whoa. You want your spots? I'm, I mean, I'm all in already. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. We're all in already. No, look, I, 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 uh, I'm, I'm being obviously facetious. Who's but Cassandra? Cassandra, being a Cassandra is being a doomsayer. Cassandra, I think, was the one like was that was as opposed the, to as opposed to a Pollyanna. Yeah, yeah. Tr- the, right. She was the one like which, when Troy was about to be sacked. She goes right. She was screaming. I don't know something like that. Uh, I'll look that up after I finish my trademark search. But. Um, yeah, obviously I would like this club to open. It's in my neighborhood. If it's going to be a good hang, and if they're going to have good, uh, good, uh, good food, we've you know. been we've been getting a lot of positive. And I, I I think Mark will use me, unlike the stand. So uh, it could be wrong. I've gotten a lot. We've gotten a lot of positive feedback from people in the area. They're excited. I've I've stood outside Dangerfield several times because you know we have people coming in, checking out the space, seeing what things we need to fix. People walk by all the time. Is this place opening? Is this place opening? What's going to be? It's still going to be a comedy club? That's great. We're going to come in. We're going to see. So there's a lot of positive energy in the area. So I think there there there's not much in the Upper East Side in terms of comedy. I mean I know that there's a, the the strip. It's a little bit far away. So the neighborhood is really happy about seeing it. Uh, I, by the way, I want to underline, Noam. If you don't want me working there, make me, <laughs> make me an offer. Make me an offer. Yeah, I'm not going to have any of that stuff. Like, oh, you could work at this club. You there's, can't work at any other is, club. This is the club. There's not a lot of that stuff in the neighborhood. What's that Seinfeld episode where he tells Babu to open the, the <laughs> restaurant? Like, there's nothing like that in this neighborhood. You should open a you know, Pakistani restaurant. Maybe there's a reason there's nothing like that in the neighborhood. Well, well it, there was something like that called Dangerfields, and it, I don't know what kind of business it did. It was open for 50 years. Okay, Dangerfields was touch and go for the last 20 years was open, and it had the name Dangerfields. Which, so, which was probably useless in the last 20 years since he was dead. No, but tourists, even I was like, there's a cachet to being Rodney Dangerfield's club. There was. Yeah. Not, I don't know if there is anymore. Like, let's be well, honest, I, he I, died 20 years ago, right? But if, I think it, it, oh, no, there it, is. it continued after his death. Whether it's still the case 20 years later, I don't know. I but think so. I think it it's has still cachet, a big name. But, but it's no. not as much as it did like 30 years ago or whatever. But yes, it does have some cachet. I agree. Um, I mean, he's still considered like, I mean, he's Rodney fucking Dangerfield. Like, I don't think that ever is going to go away. Do, do you Dangerfield, Dan? I'll tell you, you know. <laughs> I'll tell you, this Mark, he gets no respect, you know. That's not very good. <laughs> <laughs> I was uh, waiting for it to start. Uh, <laughs> oh, he dissed you. 20-year-olds and 30-year-olds, like, you ask them, Ronnie Dangerfield, I've asked a few, and they, they have no idea who he is. Okay, they don't know what the Holocaust was either. They don't know who the oh, vice geez. president is. That, those are two different things. I'm just saying, like, I don't know, like, 20-year-olds and 30-year-olds don't I'm know I'm not saying this comedy, opening this comedy club is going to be like a holocaust for this poor man. I'm just saying it's, it's a lot of, it's, it's a lot. 
It's a lot to open business. It's a I'm, lot. I'm, I'm scared root, for you. I'm rooting for you. I think it's going to be great. I'm not rooting that. against you. No, I don't think you are. I think that you're giving some sage advice yeah, and have, probably some like really good things to think about. You have to weigh the risks. I weighed the risks. I'm I'm approaching 40. It's possible, by the way, that uh, Mark just <laughs> makes a shit ton of money as a lawyer, and this is just a drop in the bucket for him. It's possible, but it's not true. Okay. Uh, but, uh, but look, I, I, I weighed it. I'm like, look, I've been a comic for 10 years. I'm approaching 40. There's a club right here I can open. I want to if, lose 11 what, million how much, no, how much is the rent? If I don't do it, it'll be about 25K. If I, don't, if I don't do it now, I'm probably not, like, I, I don't see me doing this when I'm hitting don't around 50 or whatever. So look, it's a risk yeah. I want to take. It's good. There's been positive vibes. I think, I think the, the area wants it. I have a good good amount of contacts in the comedy area they're all excited for it and look i'm in i have to be very positive about it which i am and i think it's going to be successful can you tell us what your percentage of the investment is i'm majority owner okay so it's a big one it's a big it's a big yes this is all majority, not plurality majority this, this majority. more than 50. this is yeah. all your savings from law yep okay yeah and if you lose and it a hundred dollars from comedy if you lose it are you at zero? I mean, how much? You, how much? Well, it depends how quickly and. <laughs> That's what all your savings what if, mean. What if we're successful? <laughs> I know, but yeah, well, I hope and I hope you are. But yeah, what do your parents say? You know, I don't. I don't bring up comedy to them. Well, he's almost forty Ever years old. He's a, he's his own man. Oh, it doesn't no, matter. It's Jewish mom. Come I on. Mean, what are you like the Bidens? You don't talk to your father about business. Oh, I talk to them. <laughs> <laughs> so they know I'm opening the club, and they're you know they're they're. Where did you grow up? Where are you from? New York, Brooklyn, Brooklyn. Mi uh, yeah, Midwood. Okay. So, Did you yeah. grow up religious? I grew up in, I went to yeshiva until high school was over. And then, I, you know, college came and then I'm like, I don't need to do this anymore. You, you have before you uh, the owner of uh, arguably the most successful comedy club in the world. Do you have any? And I think he'd be happy to give you any advice you might want. He's not stingy with <laughs> advice. If you have any questions <laughs> yeah. for him. I, think I mean, he already told you a lot. Yeah, he's very nervous for me, yeah, which I appreciate. Uh, I appreciate that. I mean, like. Obviously, the comedy club is highly respected. I mean, when did when it began? I mean, maybe if you remember what the struggles were, and you can give tips for the first year or so. I don't. Well, his father owned it when it began. When it began, um, it was not our income. We had we had other businesses that um, supported us. Well, so does Mark because he's a lawyer during the day, so he yeah. also has that. No, but like the, the olive tree was a growing business, so the, the this was the comedy cell that the room was. Was it just an empty room that was, was literally basically, basically empty? empty so room. it was just grave. Oh, it was all the rent was paid. Everything was so we with no no real. There was real no really no overhead to begin. How much does Greenwich pay? Do you know Greenwich rent? comedy? I don't have in rent. I don't. Oh, okay. oh, how much does it pay? I thought you meant how much does it pay the comics? It's, it's I don't. I don't know the answer room. to either question. I've never been in there, but it's. it's I know that Al Martin, who owns the Greenwich Village Comedy Club, and and I mean he's very good. I think at finding really good deals. Yes. Like he's really good at that. Like shoestringing it. And he's a survivor, you know, and and he's been successful. A survivor of what? His I mean, he's don't go broke. Yeah, and oh, he, he owns three homes, as far as I know. And he's, you know, <laughs> you're stuck in the Holocaust here. No, I, <laughs> I thought that's what you. I, meant. Ha I have a lot of respect for Al Martin, but um, you know, yeah, I, I if it's if he, probably the answer is probably not that much, considering Al Martin is pretty good at finding. Good he's great. Deals. Yeah, and I called him actually right after I took over. You're supposed him, to call him before you took over. After you took over, <laughs> took over what? Uh, no, when I took over, took over the lease for Dangerfield, I oh. called him and I'm like, just so like, you have the lease now. It's so this is go. This is it's done. This is 100 percent yeah, happening. It's done. Go. Yes. So okay. twenty five. There's no backing out. Twenty five thousand dollars a month is not actually a bad rent if for a 200 seat room. 
if 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 you can fill it that's no it's not i mean yeah so like i mean based on the the numbers per person at comic strip you know we don't even need i mean ideally we'd have full houses on full house on weekends would pay the rent easily so, so Norman asked you how you plan to do that. Are you going to use a street team? Uh, I mean, how do, how do you plan to? We're going to do the, you know, obviously we need to think a little bit more. I mean, everybody does the same thing. Street team, marketing, advertising. Street team for Times Square, though, it's just, I don't think that's even a thing anymore. I mean. Really. But, uh, yeah. you know, there's, opening? there's places in the area. Probably, I'm, I'm shooting optimistically for end of December, but likely 2024. How are you going to do it that quickly when Norm's taking two years to open up his new room? Well, we have to build the whole thing from scratch. We don't, we, don't aver- we don't have any marketing budget. You don't need one now. We never had one. No, I don't believe in it. Oh, you didn't have one in the beginning, you mean? It's all word of mouth, I guess. Yeah. It well, you know, I mean, if, you know, if comics can tweet, you know, I'm going to be at... Uh, look, uh, you Not know. just that, like... Po- I started podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> That's a new thing I hear people are doing. This uh, is extremely profitable. Oh, of course. No, I mean, it, look, yeah, obviously we, we'll have, like, great... Uh, video equipment. Maybe comics will will send comics their clips, post it on Instagram with our name and behind them. You know, there's there's such types of free advertising. By the way, one thing that clubs do that is, I think, pretty much like printing money are these bringer shows. And now let me explain that to our listeners. Uh, usually, when comics are brand new, no one's going to put them on stage. They're brand new. But what they do is they'll say, well, you know what? If you bring three paying customers or four or five paying customers. We'll go. You can go on stage, and then they'll have a whole show where everybody's bringing three or four or five paying customers. Now, there's literally no end to the amount of aspiring comics out there, and literally nothing they won't do to get on stage. This is printing money for a comedy club. You know, is it prestigious? No. Does a comedy seller do it? No. But we, is we did it, do it at one time. It, Caroline's. It, is it a guaranteed money maker? Absolutely. Caroline's was ridiculous. Caroline's, I used to do fifteen person bringers. Yeah, I, I did. I did a few of them. I did those. I did those Oof. too. I remember I did one when I just just started with um, Bob De Bono. Bob De Bono, yeah. Well, he used to run it, and he's Trump now. Yeah, he now he's a Trump impersonator. He's amazing. Uh, but, but 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 this is a a, a a a real money maker for a new club. Are you going to do that? I mean, we're, we're, we'll definitely consider it. I mean, yeah. it's usually... You do that in the beginning. It's usually... Like a Tuesday night. Yeah, it's, but it's usually done not in the primetime show, like 6 o'clock instead of 8 o'clock. Yeah, but They'll nobody cares because people are bringing their family members. Exactly. They're bringing their friends. Right. Is, so there, is there money to be made in having a comedy class at the club? I mean, Noam, you don't make any money with that, but I think other clubs might. I don't that's know. A, that's another thing, too, right? Don't they, don't they uh, do a last performance after their whole class? All their classes, yeah, they but do a like, performance you, and they bring their friends. You know, maybe you take a cut of what the comedy, whoever you hired to be the comedy teacher. Yeah. These are, these are such small amounts of money. Right. I don't know. I think these can keep the club going initially. So the Bringer Show, we used to have this dude, I forget his name, he was a nice nice young man that used to do Bringer Shows um, like at 6 o'clock. Do you remember, Dan? Yeah. yeah, I don't remember. This is years ago in the 90s. And, and we needed money at the time. My father allowed it. And then um, the second he didn't need it anymore, he stopped it because he thought that people were coming and they would think that's what the club was. He, mm. he, th- he thought this was kind of a, a, mm. a double-edged sword. Well, if you sword. don't need it, you shouldn't do it. But <clears throat> but he, we were not too proud to do it at the time we needed the money. And it was some money. Mm-hmm. It was some money. But again... It's also a nice way to di- like discover new talent, though, too, if you do maybe, those kinds maybe. of shows. But, but you're, the thing is, you're just, you're just taking on huge expenses, that's all. I've never seen... 
a person picked up from a bringer. I mean, I'm sure it's possible, but I feel like the actual owners yeah, of you know, never look at those When shows. I used to do bringer shows, I thought that was what was going to happen, but it wasn't. It's that's just what they way, sell you. It, that's what they sell you, but it's a way to get on stage. No, but it's a way to get on stage, and it's a way to get stage time. I don't know. I don't begrudge places for doing that. Like, when you're just starting out, it's hard Listen, to get on nobody stage. nobody should begrudge a place for doing anything that they agreed to do. Right, right. Like, like... He only paid me ten dollars. Well, you agreed to work for ten dollars. Right. Like, like I, like I never, I never understood that. But I mean, I guess in certain industries, in certain contexts, in certain times in history, I would, I would not say such a thing. But if you're a comedian and you, and and you need the stage time, and somebody only wants to pay you ten dollars, it's like you can't get mad. Then don't do it if you don't want to do it for ten dollars. Obviously, um, <clears throat> often the, the the clubs are are operating very close to the bone, as you knew, must know from the comic strip. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, there were things that I saw different that could be changed, could be run differently to increase revenue. You know, but as a minority partner, you don't necessarily have the ability to do that. So, did you know what I just read? Do you know what the uh, net profit margin is for a supermarket? That's got to be pretty. Close would, to yeah, zero. Pretty thin, I would imagine. I'd imagine but there's a lot of volume in a supermarket. Some of them operate at one percent. Yeah, it has. To, food is a very tiny profit margin. Can you imagine? Well, it's not just it's not just the food. It's the the, the staff and like the rent. You know the That's whole insane insurance. To to do you know do you know what a, how easy it is to find yourself on the wrong side of the ledger when you're operating at a one percent profit margin? It's one percent, but it's one percent of fifty million. So. Yes, we're but talking it, like f half a mil. That's not bad profit to take home. Actually, it is. It's a shitty profit to take home on fifty million dollars. When you, you know how much work goes into generating that fifty million dollars, all the things that can go wrong, all the employees, all the headache. Do you know how much? Like, can you imagine running a supermarket? It, it, you're at the point where, like, you want to hire two extra people. You'd think if you're making fifty, if you're grossing fifty million dollars. You can hire whoever you need, like increase your payroll, give raises. No, they're at one percent. It's an insane. I, I was shocked. Maybe I just don't understand it. it I was shocked to hear that. It you is know, very low. like the upscale places will, will operate two. on three, two or three percent. What percentage does a strip club make? <laughs> we'll never know. 30, 30 40 percent. <laughs> we'll never well, know. It's all cash, right? Well, maybe uh, that's a good option for one night. At Dangerfields. There's a strip club nearby, but I don't see how we can connect the two. <laughs> no, I'm <laughs> sure your liquor license probably wouldn't allow it. Like, they're, the, the neighborhoods are... Did you go before the community board? Uh, oh, to have a strip... <laughs> to have one night at the comedy uh -huh. club? Absolutely not. No, we're not doing that. <laughs> I thought you meant because Sapphires is right around the corner. No, I didn't mean that. Okay, no, yeah, no. We're not doing any nudity or stripping at our club. <laughs> Let's keep a family... Well... By the way, I was talking to I was talking to the person at somebody at the stand, and uh, they're trying to make their restaurant and bar like, I mean, they've been trying to make it, uh, you know, in and of itself, a profit center. But she said that they were having difficulty doing that. So the stand's I, a little different because it's it feels like more of a restaurant than a comedy club. Like you go in and you see the comedy stage all the way. You have to walk past the restaurant and bar. Yeah, but I don't know how much it doesn't even look a much profit center the that is. But but I'm saying like you know you have a. It, Theoretically, your bar at the at Dangerfields could be a separate profit center, but I think that's tricky to do. Every comedy club tries to do that. It's just yeah. if you're going to be a comedy club, you're a comedy club. No one's going to come to you just for like a rant. You're not going to fill it up on drinks at an, at noon on a regular day. It's just not going to happen. Unless you have strippers there. 
All right, we have to wrap it up. True. Okay, I thought this was an interesting discussion. Mike, any thoughts? Me? Yeah. He's sleeping. Well, it's actually interesting that you bring it up with Skankfest, because Skankfest was run by three people, uh, Rebecca Trent, Christine Evans, and Lewis, and uh, th- people were saying the same things to them about, like, saying to you about your club. So, so they are analogous in that they, were, they weren't comics, but they were comedy fans, the stand people, not <laughs> well, Skankfest. Well, Lewis is a comic, but uh, yeah, but okay. everyone said they were going to fail. They, and oh, they, the Skankfest thing. But yeah. they, they started to like know them. They started off very small at in the Cave. And now they're a giant thing in Vegas. You know, um, the Skank Fest. Yes. The Skank, I was yeah, confusing that with the stand. but that's the an sta- incredible accomplishment. But again, they started out small. That's right. You know, Vinnie Brand, in, in terms of starting out small, Vinnie Brand, the owner of the Stress Factory mm. in Jersey, started out just like renting out a room at the Hyatt Regency and, and, and booking comics there. Uh, and then eventually bought his own club. So that's in line with Noam's starting small I mean, that's proposition. Yeah, you know, but but the stand started off, I guess, as a. Cl- I mean, they were doing their their cringe humor website, but they started off with probably a pretty high rent operation. Gotham started off. Gotham actually started off with a very a very nice room, smaller than the current room, but a very beautiful space that probably cost a fortune, and they pulled it off. Now maybe it was a different time. Uh, I don't know. Maybe they had deep enough pockets to keep it going, but there's an example of a room that didn't start on a shoestring. But the, the original Gotham was a beautiful room. I assume it was expensive. And they pulled it off. Uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, some people... So I don't know, and I don't know what you can attribute that to. Maybe it was a different time and comedy was... You know, it was about to... I don't know, you know, but, but, but they did it. No, in the end, it's going to come down to the um, competence of the owner. In other words, it's it's not gonna it's not gonna work against you that you spent a million dollars to open the place. I'm not saying that's a, a negative. It's great to spend a million dollars and have the place beautiful, but but you really put some tremendous pressure on you right away to make money unless you have a, a lot of working capital besides, and then that pressure can can often uh, force you to make bad decisions because you, you start making short sighted decisions because you need money right away, as opposed to allowing to take your time. You can't wait. Two years to let this thing build up because you got to pay your rent now. You have to get your money back now. You have loans that got to be paid now. So it, it, there's, there's there are dangerous dynamics. But I'm not saying because you spend all that money, the the place is worse off. Right, and and we have enough money to cover the first few years of rent. If if it if it happened that we made zero for the first couple, the years. rent is not the biggest right. expense. Right, it's payroll, payroll, food, insurance, everything. alcohol, insurance. Right, it's it's. Nobody's nobody thinks it's going to be a you know we didn't come in thinking it's going to be a cakewalk so uh, we're, we're we're highly motivated. is there anybody famous that has pledged to work there? Well, we're trying. We're actually reaching out to the people that got their start on Rodney's original you know Rodney's show. That's uh, going back. Yeah, so it'd just be a cool for like opening night. You know, like somebody like Dice or like Roseanne. I like the name Minefield, <laughs> like mine <laughs> because it's a little dangerous. It's got fields and. Comedian is now afraid of saying the wrong thing. It's like a minefield, minefield that's, that's comedy. Actually, that's actually decent. Not bad. Not yeah, bad. Actually I actually like that. that. Not bad. Minefield. And minefield has a little little charisma. I mean, if to I it. could, if I could slam gnome, I would do so. But I, I can't. It's actually a decent name. Uh, something to put in the in the in the tickler file. I'll ask. I'll ask for the Facebook uh, group of the Upper East Siders. Don't, don't tell my suggestion because they, they won't want it if it came from me. For, for, don't ask them. Those aren't. The wouldn't right that be interesting if the first, name su- first suggest it? 
I'll suggest it. Don't 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 taint it by saying it came from me. No, 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 I won't. Say and that. then if it came from me and they don't want it, I, you know, wouldn't that be interesting if the owner of the comedy cellar came up with the name of a new com competing? That'd club? be awesome. I'll but again, Noam is so confident in the dominance of the comedy <laughs> cellar. I don't know what it is. I, just, I don't. I don't it's like it. it's like when a guy lets me talk to his girlfriend. No, you, you want to <laughs> you want to know what it really is? Do we have time? You can cut out some of the some of the the boring stuff. This is the truth of the matter. <laughs> I've told this story probably before. When my father was hey, alive. Sure, Dan, take her out. Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. When my father was alive, Ava, his uh, wife, spent a tremendous amount of time creating these manager and waitress handbooks. And these things were a work of art. They had all our trade secrets in it, all the procedures, exactly what to do in this situation. I mean, like, like you, could have, you could have published these. They were fantastic. And Bob Engelhardt, who was on Panchitos, came in. And he saw it, and my father said, yeah, here, take a copy, do what you want. And Ava freaked out. Like, how could you give him all that trade secret information? And my father said, it's not going to help him anyway. Duh. <laughs> <laughs> because <laughs> my father knew that it wasn't, that, it wasn't that easy that you just read something and therefore you got, got it right. And this is my attitude. If you are the type of guy who has it, and you might be, I'm not, then... It doesn't matter what I tell you. I'm not gonna. It's not gonna matter. And if you're not the type of guy who has it, then me being open with you is not gonna make a difference either. It's just not that easy. It's it. You have to have that in you. You have to have. There's gonna be a thousand different judgment calls that come your way all the time. And if you get you know a high batting average, then you'll be successful. It's not because I told you anything or didn't tell you anything. It's that's that's why I feel. Now, it's now, all no, about get, the details. Uh, but you have an ace in the hole. You have Dan Natterman who lives literally. 20 blocks away. That is an uh, ace in the Now, world. again, Noam, make me an offer. For 200K, I'll be exclusive to the comedy seller. Okay, I'm not seeing a yes on that Hearing one. Hearing silence. Uh, <laughs> no, but seriously. How much are you making now? Uh, well, no, anyway. Um, <laughs> well, obviously, that would be a step up. But, but, but um, yeah. Um, what am I saying? I'm saying that uh, even if you're successful, I don't think that's going to hurt Noam at all. You're hired. I hope not. It could hurt me, but that's, like I said, it's really not... It's, I, I just know that it's not going to, there's nothing I can do about it. If you if you fucking know what you're doing, there's no way I can stop you. And, yeah. and if it hurts me, it's not going to hurt me because you're trying out to get me. That's just, that's, that's business. I mean, yeah. I, like, like there are club owners who don't want to fucking punch in the nose because they're underhanded and have actually done shit to me that it didn't even hurt me. Just the fact that they did such things, you know, I fucking hate them. But I don't hate people who are successful, you know. Okay, well, I think that was a real good episode. I think that was a, was a tremendous episode. There is one thing. Why, why, why are we not getting more listeners? <laughs> maybe you will after this episode. You know, maybe we're not. Well, the one episode that got a shit ton of listeners was when Noam. Uh, yeah, did you hear the Philip Bump episode? We have to go to him. Okay. A podcast at ComedyCellar.com for all your comments, questions, and suggestions. We thank Mark Yosef, and we sincerely wish him good luck. Obviously, well. <laughs> obviously for me, it, I have nothing but... But gain, potential gain from a, yeah. a new comedy club. But Noam arguably doesn't. But in any case, uh, we wish him luck. Uh, thank you, everybody. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank you, thank you very much. Bye.